three, two, one, and we are live. And welcome to the Eat Live Flu Show with episode 57. And you're listening to me, Chris. And me, Brad. And we've brought on a guest today um, who is very, very well kind of versed in the world of nutrition and food and also barbecue food. So we're going to let himself introduce himself a little bit uh, rather than me ramble on. So Rich, do you want to take it away? It's always really anticlimactic when I introduce myself. <laughs> like, like, here he is. Um, yeah. Yeah, here I am. <laughs> how, how, I don't know. I, I tutor, tutor in nutrition. I cook things outside. That's my life. <laughs> it sounds like a good up. life. Yeah. No. Um, oh, right. Interesting. Yeah. So I've been, I've been in the teaching side of the nutrition courses for what five years now. Um, came from a bioscience background. Um, started off as not so much a troll, but just knocking around the internet forums. And somehow or another, I got picked up by companies that developed courses and um, tutored personal trainers. And then I got involved with how the courses should be designed because I'm very. Um, very passionate about the quality of the education and the critical thinking side, the sort of allowing people to learn how to learn. Um, I lifted really heavy things and people thought that was cool and I like to cook food. And then they kind of all marry together to make the sort of general package of lift the heavy thing, eat the good thing, feel good, get big. Have a happy life. Uh, yeah. Enjoy some good barbecue food. That's That's what it's all about really, isn't it? I'm very happy that yeah, in the last sort of well, couple of years, barbecue scene in England has been getting popular. I've got to say, your barbecue game is uh, above anyone else's I've seen. Oh, 100%. That's, that's a compliment. It's, it's because um, and we never really had proper barbecue when I was young, like young, young. It was always just, here's a pit with fire hang me over it and to be honest that's easy to cook way better than um you know being brought up on your fancy webbers and stuff you understand fire you understand smoke you understand temperature you understand where the meat needs to be placed if you understand those things your barbecue cooking will be spot on that's why you get so many of those horrible pictures of people going check out my barbecue and it's just black rich (laughs) (laughs) how much have you invested in your current setup because it's not like a small setup no, I went to buy a new barbecue today in the sales because I had my eye on one. Very disappointed they were sold, actually. Um, at current, I've got – I keep a rotisserie, which I want to upgrade, so a charcoal-fired rotisserie, an offset smoker, um, an electric smoker. for if I haven't used that for a long time. It's not as fun. Um, a general fire pit, a fire – so probably around about maybe 1,800 pounds. Nice. Just on the, the kit itself. The fuel wow. is what you tend to spend a lot of money on. Yeah, especially yeah I can imagine. And the meat. Obviously, the meat costs a fair bit, too. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> it's good fun. You can cook really good barbecue with literally... Like, I, I put up one of a lamb leg up the other day. So a leg of lamb will cost you between 20 and 40 pounds, depending on how fancy you are. Um, then everything else you need is a bag of good quality charcoal and literally just a chain with a hook on the end of it to hang the meat over the fire. And that's that's barbecuing. That's outdoor cooking. Um, that's like asado style. Butterfly nice. leg of lamb rubbed with spices. Uh, that is actually going up a little food cast in a um, time-lapse video of it cooking. Uh, 
which you can you can watch it's not much you can really make interesting on that video it was like yeah so i've got fire and a leg of lamb uh that's basically it for this episode watch it <laughs> <laughs> um I've, I've started to watch those uh uh what do you what do you call them your food casts yeah i was really lost for what to call them so food cast and uh so where what are you doing with it essentially uh like where are you going with it um, well, the guys over, um, so athlete, I get a lot of my meat from the athlete guys up in yeah. Scotland and they first came to me and they said, look, we watch what you do on Instagram and we kind of want you to do an English version of like the barbecue pit boys, but I'm really awkward on camera anyway. Um, so it kind of stemmed from that. I had a bit of a crack at it and I thought, you know what, what I'm going to do in my kitchen instead of just going, this is food, this is how you cook it, was, um, I think the first episode I did was like volumizing in a salad. And like, look, they're, they're, I think we can, we can talk about this later, but um, there is a reason as to why making meals a certain way and eating certain foods prepared in a certain way will, be, uh, will contribute positively towards your weight loss efforts. So not only will I show you how to make something tasty, I'll explain why doing it this way and, and having your food like this is better for your weight loss efforts by referring to research on different ways of structuring meals and covertly presenting meals to people. Um, so I can go like, here, it's an excuse to go, this is a salad, this is how we make it, and this is the science behind why these ingredients will essentially make you feel full, um, what you can do to improve that, and then get better weight loss. So it becomes almost like a science-focused one. And, and then I went on with that, and yeah. Um, um, so I did I did uh, general meal prep with salad. And then the second one I followed up with, I, I got triggered because I, I can't remember what it was. But I listened to a podcast where somebody was talking about food prep and they said, never, ever salt meat. It dries your meat out. And like as somebody who barbecues a lot, cooks outside, works with marinades and seasonings and stuff, you salt meat, meat, salt yeah. meat. Out, um, if you do it properly. So, That's it. Uh, so I wanted to tackle that and talk about the science behind that. And it kind of became sort of like a, a hairy, fiery Heston Blumenthal-esque sort of cook show, <laughs> yeah. which, which is great. <laughs> sounds brilliant, so, and I'm really hungry now. <laughs> should have done this in my garden, this this podcast. Yeah, yeah, we should. Uh, we'll have to do another one and live film it. Yes, while stream. you're while you're necking back or chopping through some meat. Um, but I've got a question for you, right? Um, mm -hmm. I know we're meant to be saving this at the end. What salt do you use? What salt do I use? Yeah. Okay, I can see why you're going to ask that then. I use, for most of my cooking, I use the flaked salts. Um, and that's not based on like mineral content or anything like that. It's based on surface area of the salt. Um, it's very easy when cooking for taste, cooking for flavor, and cooking for this retaining of moisture to, if you use the finely ground salts, they will over-salt the meat. Um, they'll get into the meat very quickly, and they can potentially dry out or just the salt flavor will be too too intense. The flaked sea salts that you get, like the Moldonian sea salt flakes, or Molden, I can't remember which one it is, yeah. um, they're basically much larger, thinner pieces. You can spread them over the meat much better, um, and they draw the moisture to the surface, and then they break down, and then they go under the surface of the meat and pull that moisture into just beneath the surface without over-salting it. It's purely because of that that I use those salt flakes. And you will find that most chefs, most cooks, that is also their reason for using those. They yeah. are better than they don't over-salt. Um, I'm not a Himalayan sea salt in water type. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Pink Himalayan sea salt. 
Yeah, it just wouldn't work, flavoring meat. I've seen people use those salts, and normally the crystals are very large. Um, I mean, you do get some recipes where you basically pack meat in those types of salts, and they form yeah. that salt crust. That's a different type of cooking entirely. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But most fit pros are using a, like a pinch of salt in water rather than three kilos of salt around a piece of salmon. Um, <laughs> and I think that would be a really weird habit to just case all of your meat in salt all the time. Yeah. Uh, be cool, very cool, but... Um, yeah, I, I use the, the flaked sea salts. I use, uh, I'm currently using one of them as well, and I'm using the smoked one. Mm. Oh yeah. my god, it's phenomenal! I love it. it. Good flavor. It's so it's just like, yep, yeah, that we'll add that. We don't need any more salt. <laughs> yeah, but it tastes good. We'll add more. It's all right. <laughs> just keep throwing it on. All you need for most seasonings, for most meats, is salt, pepper, and garlic powder. Uh, that's a real good mix. This works so well together. Oh, 100%. They're, they're, they're like bread and butter, as they say. Exactly. It is really good. Um, okay, I think we can move swiftly on to uh, what you were talking about. And as you kind of touched on to it, is uh, managing food prep. So uh, where are you? Let's kind of touch base into what you're talking about in terms of that salad and you know what's your approach on it and yeah take it away okay so um generally when we're talking about like 90 percent of the time when people are talking about meal prep it's because they're trying to reduce their calories or reduce their waistline maybe if you want to put it that way they're trying to drop weight so when we talk about this it's important to kind of outline the context is we're talking about managing meal prep or it, for somebody who's eating less food um and they're eating less food which is going to give them the knock-on effect of quite probably being hungrier if they don't manage it properly having potentially lower it well definitely lower energy intake otherwise they wouldn't be achieving their goal um and it's managing those main aspects the, the one main thing to manage is your energy intake is lower so you have to start to think about the composition of the food you're eating because you need to make sure you're recovering between sessions and you're able to actually train hard in the sessions which is one of the reasons why i've never really advocate the low carb diets just because yep. It impacts your ability to perform day to day in the gym, which has the knock on impact of, you know, just your training isn't as good and you don't get where you want to be. Um, and managing your appetite, which is kind of the big reason why people fall off the wagon. Um, the food that they eat, they don't enjoy it because maybe they're not as versed in cooking and, and being able to choose variety. But also they get hungrier. There's no there's no getting around the fact that if you are bringing calories down, you are going to have to eat less in yep. some way. But that so doesn't mean you have to eat less in volume. So that's the that's the big but, and people confuse that a lot. This is what we get 100%. when we <laughs> intermix. It's I think it's it's when people argue it on purpose, we call it equivocation. I think that's the word equivocation, where you so. use. Uh, yeah, I, I think that's right. Somebody's going to Google that and tell me I'm wrong now. But um, <laughs> we don't care. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. I'm I'm critically minded. I can take it. Uh, <laughs> give it give it to all of him. He'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's going to be a question later. I'm sure. Um, <laughs> But it's using terms interchangeably, whether you mean to or not. And we get it a lot with the whole, I eat, I eat more food and I've lost weight. It's like, you probably are eating more food because you've worked out that if you make a big salad, you're more full, which is one of the main principles that we'll talk about. But you're not eating more calories. Those, yeah. you know, that's, that's one thing that people need to get their head around. So part of managing meal prep is being able to understand what you can eat which will make you eat more and the reasons why those things may make you more satiated so 
one I, I quote this research a lot because I love it. Um, and we get to talk about ramens, and I love I haven't had a good. Ramen. I love this one. This yeah, this is the one I think I use it in the first uh, food cast that I do, which is it's covert manipulation of calories, which I think is a really good way to do this. Um, argument for maybe if you're aware that you're doing it, you might get hungry because you know you're eating less. But essentially. Um, the things that govern how hungry you get are going to be whether or not you like what you're eating, uh, whether or not it has a large amount of volume to it, so it physically fills you up. Um, and it has things like the mouthfeel, the crunchiness, the flavors, the textures of foods that you actually enjoy eating. It's not necessarily things like the GI of the food. It's not necessarily even that it's high protein food that people quite often say is more satiating. It's very yeah. individual, yeah, very much for preference. Yeah. So it's, it's kind of like, um, I would imagine it's changing your food without changing your world. Yeah, essentially. A, so without flipping it upside down, right? It's exactly it. Yeah. So the the, the research that was used was very, and, and the Japanese students done on a brilliant for it because they are very set in their ways and their routines like most of us are we have a relatively mm -hmm. um like i tend to have poached eggs every morning on toast people have that thing that they do all the time yeah. in, in the japanese students life or culture uh generally they have a ramen which is a noodle it's a broth with meat sliced vegetables noodles in a dish and that will range hugely in calories depending on the things you put in it obviously fatty cuts of meat or lean cuts of meat, beef or chicken or tofu, all going to have quite different calorie um, totals. Sorry. And what you can do is you can take the standard meal that they get from their cafeteria every day, which I believe was around 400 or 500 calories. Um, and you monitor everything they eat before and everything they eat afterwards per day, work out the calories they're eating per day. You can then mess around with that dish, which is what was done in this research, which reinforces the, why it's important to do this in your actual day-to-day -day life and practice, which was to increase the calorie content of that meal by up to double um i think they took up to 1200 calories and some of them they reduced right down to like two three hundred calories so you've got a big difference in the calorie content of that single meal and that was done through slicing meat more thinly using different cuts of meat using different energy densities of broth um, using different uh, ratios of vegetables using certain vegetables instead of um like the noodle content so but but always keeping the same taste, the same textures, um, and as near as damn it, the same sort of volume of the food with this one. Uh, so that was that was one big thing that didn't change too much. Um, so the meals just seemed the same because the idea here was not to go, let's make them feel really full by volumizing it, or let's make them feel really hungry by making it smaller. We want to take the exact normal meal that they're eating and make it different in terms of calories. calories. And then yeah, so that was the one thing that they were trying to control by using different food choices uh, to, to make that dish or different ingredient choices to make that dish. And then they monitor people for the rest of the day, uh, for the rest of that day and the following day and, and continue this research on um, day by day to see what sort of changes occur. So my computer just went into sleep mode then if you lost anything I was saying. No, we've got it all. <laughs> so yeah, so what you do is you'd, you'd go, okay, well, if these people are eating less, then they're going to have lower energy so they're going to be hungrier so they're going to eat more because that's what happens when you diet right but what actually happened was the people eating the really low calorie meals didn't have any compensatory eating behaviors throughout the rest of the day and ongoing days they just continued as normal eating lower calorie because someone had screwed around with their one midday meal and the people eating the larger calorie meals like 900 to 1200 calories again continued eating as normal just because 
they didn't see any difference in the food they're eating. They were still satisfied by it. It was still as tasty and they were eating what they normally like to eat. So it didn't affect any of their eating behaviors. So there were no compensatory eating behaviors following. So it, it really sort of reiterates the fact that if you can do these quote unquote bro food swaps that people always go on about cauliflower rice and courgette spaghetti and butternut squash, whatever the hell, and, and you like it, and you can't tell the difference, then it's a really fucking good way to control your eating because you're not going to compensate afterwards. It kind of also gives us a bit of an insight as to the major calorie dense foods. Like we go to McDonald's and you can smash like 900 calories. Easy. Yeah. And you're hungry 20 minutes later, just like if you were to eat a burger you made at home yourself, you know, you might enjoy it the same. So it's a nice one to look at and go, okay, so we need to pay attention to this when we're looking at preparing our own food, when we're trying to manipulate our calorie intakes. Because if we suddenly go, oh, I'm on a diet, I now have to eat like a pigeon or a rabbit. Pigeons peck their food, I guess, and they really chew. <laughs> um, <laughs> which would be all to do in the cafeteria. Uh, but you know, I don't extra calorie burn from You'd get some weird you, You'll be surprised with how people eat their food nowadays. I guess it depends if you just perch on someone's shoulder and shit down the back. I <laughs> <laughs> get some funny looks then. Um, I digress. I can't really remember. What, oh yeah, it also shows that um, if you are gonna go, oh, I'm on a diet now. I have to eat diet food, which you know generally is unenjoyable, small portions. Like you ever have those healthy bags of crisps that about that you get like three in them because yeah. they're healthy. <laughs> There's nothing healthy. Yeah. Yeah, you've just given me less food and I've paid more for it because you stuck a sticker on it. Yeah. Um, it just kind of re- reiterates why that, that sort of way of going it causes people to fail because they're not enjoying their diet, they're not being satisfied, and they're making too big of a change from what they normally do. Yeah. It's, it's, it's uh, kind of a sustainability thing. That's the key. That's the biggest thing that we're trying, that I've, you know, me and Chris have been trying to draw home with clients is, you know, we have we have these conversations with clients and the first thing they've gone is, Oh, I've cut this out, cut this out, cut this out. And, you know, without kind of putting them down and telling them they're wrong, we have to find a way that we educate them. But sometimes it's a case of, right, you know, let's see how they get on. And before you know, you already know what the outcome is going to be. It's that they can't maintain it because it's such a dramatic change. And you, and I've found that sometimes despite that they make that change and it is healthier food, they still um, overcompensate with the calories. Yeah. Well, you've got that health halo thing going on as well, haven't you? Where they're yeah. like, oh, this is healthier, so I can smash it back. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> and, and that Here's some avocados, now I can have two of them a day. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm replacing butter with avocado because it's healthier. <laughs> I'm going to have two slices of toast instead of the one I'd normally have and an entire avocado. Or the sourdough, I can get. <laughs> yeah, every, every yeah, everything that's fermented. That's also good. I mean, it's like it's important to say, like, don't get us wrong. You can, if you're really, really adamant that you're going to stick to a diet and it's really restrictive and all that, you can you can be like, oh, I'm losing weight fast. That's enough to spur me on. And I can keep going, but it's a real effort then. And, and you know, we're very much talking sort of general people here as well. Yeah, um, there are extremes always in every situation, but this, you know, like we said at the start, this is kind of very focused on that weight management weight loss and and um like you've followed you've been following me on my social media since december so won't go into detail of it but i was quite 
unpleasantly injured and i was 123 kilos in december and i'm 103 kilos now and it's literally how i it's actually not just literally it's actually how i control my appetite my hunger and, and do all my food preparation is, is how we've just kind of discussed based off of my understanding of all that yeah i've i've literally been doing the same thing um for the last 12 weeks and right, don't get me wrong we're all we're massive advocates of tracking calories um but you know i spent a solid year and a half tracking calories and the last thing i want to do right now is track calories but i just took what you've implemented what you just spoke about and haven't really changed too much and it's if i'm honest it's probably been it's been really easy to drop you know nearly eight nine kilos and i haven't tracked a single calorie yeah because you're just applying principles where you're going kind of ad lib. You have you have an understanding of calories already, so you know yeah, what's going exactly. to be hideously too much and what's going to be fine. And then you're just applying those principles and going, right, well, I'm reducing my calorie intake. Keep an eye on the scales. If stuff starts to slow down, you know, I can I can amp it up a bit more. Um, it's it's interesting when you see these sort of things used by people who are less competent with the calorie tracking and how and, and understanding they'll struggle more um yeah. and it becomes a bit more of like a i don't want to say a, a carpet bombing sort of approach but it, it becomes a bit more of maybe they're cutting more than they need to but hell they're enjoying their food and they're not noticing the hunger so you know if they start to under recover then you're just like well let's have a look at making this meal a bit more protein rich you know, yeah, yeah, yeah and that's what you're there for as a coach really exactly like, too many coaches these days are kind of just being like, here's your spreadsheet. That's a hundred pounds, please. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think I've ever done uh, anything off a spreadsheet into for nutrition because it's not going to help anyone. Yeah. You can download that stuff for free online if you really want to and look for it. Yeah, exactly. I mean, there, there again, there's always going to be like stage prep and stuff like that where it's got to be so tightly controlled that they yeah. will benefit from all of that stuff. But again, um, if I get my abs through in four weeks' time when my diet finishes, so if you can hold me to that, I'll be putting at least some half-naked picture up on Instagram. I look forward to them. Uh, <laughs> the on ones, the, the public ones, right? Yeah. Were they involved the ones with your legs? <laughs> I might cut my leg. I'll do that thing where you stand in a... Po- I'll get the paddling pool out and I'll stand in the paddling pool up to my shin. <laughs> Use the water to cut them out. Plus, and it'll look all like natural, and I'm in the lake or something. I'll green screen behind it. There we go. Couple of filters, you'll be sorted. Yeah, sharpness to three hundred percent or whatever it is on uh, the Instagram. Oh. There's your tip. If you want a body transformation, Instagram filter sharpness max percentage. Although it does look like you've been sandpapered, is it? Uh... But if you get those Instagram likes, everyone's a winner. Oh, exactly. And Instagram is real life. It's yeah, important. Well. <laughs> um. I just want to touch, um, so, you know, it makes sense completely about, you know, what, about how they manage to change the meals without compensating in taste and flavor. So mm-hmm. taking that out of a controlled environment, you know, into a day-to-day life, you know, someone who works nine to five office job, cooks at home, what mm-hmm what ways can they start to implement to make those changes without, you know, kind of going, I don't really know what to do. If that makes sense, like simple things that they can implement. Yeah. Yeah. That, well, that makes sense. So 
it's like utilizing the different ways of preparing a salad that you might commonly have. So um, also understanding that potatoes are not as calorie dense as everybody seems to think uh, and moving back towards foods that you enjoy like that. But the, the important thing is um, if you've got a meal that you have routinely, you can look at the ingredients within that meal that you're putting into it and choose different options for those or different preparation methods for those. A lot of people, like these seem, this seems like simple cooking tips now, but to be honest, a lot of nutrition is teaching that. 100%. So, it's like, yeah, once they don't, if they don't understand what they're doing in the kitchen, they're open to making lots of mistakes. And also that carries over to the tracking when they do decide to track. If they don't yeah. understand what they're doing in the kitchen, the tracking is off. Um, so making a bolognese, for example, obviously the meat, the mince is a major part of that. You don't necessarily have, you have different you know, uh, grades of the fat content of mince. So there's your first really simple, probably obvious to many people, first step. A lot of people brown their mince off. Some people don't. They just throw it straight in. If you brown mince off, you get a lot of fat rendering out. You don't. If you throw the mince straight in, you're not going to render out any of that fat. So there's a preparation step change. Then in, did I say bolognese or chili? I'm going to say I said bolognese. Bolognese. More vegetables. <laughs> yeah, well, there's more vegetables in it. <laughs> so it makes it easier for you to work with bolognese. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you can then change the, not only that, you can use different types of mints as well. So beef mints uh, versus turkey mints versus you can mix beef and pork, beef and turkey mints. Um, really good chilies actually tend to mix beef and pork. And then you get two sort of nice. lower calorie leaner mints. It's, it's beef and pork in a chili is actually quite a nice combo, um, especially yeah, when you start to use like dough. chunked meat as well. It's quite traditional uh, rather than mints. Um, yeah. But then, yeah, you look at the vegetable content. It is easy to change the ratio of carrots and use things like celery in there. Celery works really nicely, actually, I find, in a bolognese. Um, to use different types of – instead of using just a, a big passata, which is just the pureed tomato, which a lot of people use, to actually just use the chopped up, roughly chopped tomatoes and bulk it out that way. Um, put them in towards the end of the cooking if you're going to do that because then they stay larger and plumper rather than just kind of softening down. So, again, that's under understanding cooking methods and how if you chuck your tomatoes in right at the beginning they rent they sort of render down into smaller lumps which you may like but actually try putting chunk tomatoes in towards the end so they keep a bit of their size and, and taste and texture and you get a slightly nicer tasting bolognese in my opinion if you're doing that um mushrooms different types of mushrooms the amount of mushrooms all of those things and also understanding that quite a lot of us when we're not conscious, because this is a lot of people who are not consciously sort of thinking too much about what they're, how they're making the food. They're just tr either tracking the macros or just making it as they normally do. Think about the amount of protein that you're getting in that meal. Most, I very rarely meet people who go, you know what, 150 grams of mince per portion of bolognese is, is plenty. Most of the time it's like all the mince, 500 gram pack in, eaten. Um, yeah. And it doesn't need to be that much. Put more vegetables in. Use less mints. Make multiple portions. It, That's it, it yeah. All those things. Um, start to fall in love with things like coleslaw uh, and those salads that I make. Start to if you if you eat a lot of things like coleslaw, there are alternate ways to make them. I think it was a coleslaw idea in the first one, or at least some kind of. Uh, I think it was the red cabbage salad actually. Oh, nice. Which is love of, red cabbage. Yeah, underrated vegetable. Again, low calorie so. and big and crunchy. But it's never as good as uh, what you. I think this my 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 theory behind red cabbage. If you cut it wrong, it will completely throw you off. Like it throws me off. I'm just like, this ain't the same. This is not the same. How do you cut it wrong? You mean like if you don't shred it? Yeah, like I always end up just pointing <laughs> chunks. I'm like, oh, 
All right. Okay. And then, uh, and then it sits there in the fridge. And I'm like, I don't want to eat you because you're not the same. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I get that. Yeah. If you, if you chunk it, it's a very strong taste. Yeah. Isn't it? If you shred it, like, um, well, there's your answer. Shred it. <laughs> that's it i, I just yeah. need to what i need to do is pop to the local kebab shop and go right can you teach me how you shred your your red cabbage please oh yeah see that's um if you if you shred it up nicely and you put a little bit of white vinegar over it um it's enough to kind of soften it up and you get that sort of you know it's kind of like a squeaky crunch taste to their red yeah cabbage. it's like it's lightly prepared they do sort of lightly pickle or lightly brine them a lot of the time yeah because it's got to be kept quite a long time in the food prep trays there. Of course. Um, so things like that. Well, I, I love to do a salsa. Obviously, a salsa is generally quite... Well, if you have a tasty one, it's generally quite high calorie because they put a lot of sugar in it to sweeten it up. Um, but if you just chop up your tomatoes, cucumber, um, basil, and whatever else you're going to throw in there, depending on white onion goes really well in that, and throw just a little bit of your white wine vinegar over it, which has a slight sweetness to it. Stir some paprika into it. You have a very nice, very tasty salsa, which... Most people, unless you really have a sweet tooth and you're really hooked on like the Doritos chunky salsas, which obviously are nice, you can drink a pot of that, um, you've got a lower calorie version of it. Granted, it's not huge, but yeah. if this becomes sort of like your staple approach to things and you still enjoy your food and you enjoy the different spices and the variety of things and um, and perhaps you're really going for a calorie restriction, so you, you change out an entire side for that um and eat that instead because again it's still food that you like it's still going to tick those satiating boxes of the volume of the food is there the taste the crunch the mouthfeel the fact that you like it is there um those sort of changes will help facilitate your goal and they will help you stay fuller and not 20 minutes later go i really want a burger yeah because i haven't had what because i've had to settle for kale chips and looking at an avocado for dinner god it's gonna feel a bit worse yeah, <laughs> I tried. I tried making kale chips once, um, and the only reason they tasted nice was because I made like parmesan cheese ones, Ooh. which which is nice because they were covered in parmesan cheese. And cheese, yeah. yeah, which kind of negated the fact that I could have just had some kettle chips. Yeah, well, just some parmesan cheese on its own, though. Would you would you want just to eat parmesan cheese? <laughs> Is it inside Maybe. the bread's diet? <laughs> yeah, 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 just parmesan cheese. I've gotta say, on its own, parmesan cheese is like the least enjoyable of the cheeses in isolation. I would say. So, so I don't really eat parmesan cheese. It's it's the cheddar that gets me. I can't stop. I I went to uh, I can't remember. I popped to Tesco's uh, on the weekend, and I got one of their what they call fancy cheeses. And it was a smoked cheddar. Oh, that went in. Oh, that was gone. I, f- I found a way to put it with every meal. <laughs> so I'm my tactic with cheeses is I tend to buy the diet baby bells because the actual effort required for me to binge on them is far too great. Yeah, you found the way <laughs> to kind of limit yourself yeah. to how many you eat. I find that with, um, you know, Laughing Cow, the soft cheese. Yeah, yeah. Uh, like the light ones of those are perfect because it's a little bit of protein there and there's only like 25 yeah. calories in each triangle. And like you just said, because they're individually packed, it's perfect. Yeah, exactly. Um, I, qu- I quite like, going a bit off topic, I quite like the little breadstick cheese dippy things, the Laughing oh, Cow ones as oh, well. They're brilliant. Those are they're quite low calorie too. They're yeah, they so actually bad. are. 
They didn't used to be because they uh, they changed their recipe, didn't they, with the sticks? Yeah. They're so now they're just... hollow. Oh, is that what it is? I thought they were yeah. like the sticks were glazed before, like oil glazed and stuff. So. They probably were, but I I remember them um, being like uh, thick breadsticks, mm. uh, unless they you can still buy them. But I tend to only buy the uh, hollow ones. Why have uh, they done the same thing with those chocolate dip things that you used to get at the checkouts? Ooh, oh, they're good. Those are great. Yeah, childhood favorites Didn't... coming back. Don't they do Nutella ones of that? Actual like Nutella ones? I think they do. I think so, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I've seen them. Oh, they'd be dangerous, wouldn't they? <laughs> probably get avocado ones too. <laughs> <laughs> you laugh, but I'm probably sure in about six to 12 months you'll get that. You'll get a bunch of breadsticks with some avocado dip. They'll be seaweed sticks, won't they? Oh, oh they'd be fucking ridiculous. I think one time I made a shake this is like a year or two ago or a smoothie and I was like right let's try let's try some kale let's put that in it and I think ever since then that's just completely thrown me off the idea of kale it's just so bad you ever done a tuna shake no that sounds oh, like a dirty pint <laughs> <laughs> what no it's literally just what it sounds like just a tin of tuna and water just drink it oh just eat the university tuna, was you dieting no it was just uni life back then though a tin of tuna was like oh. 29p most yeah now it's like you have to get a mortgage out for three tens pounds <laughs> it is like especially <laughs> because they would do they do all fancy ones now they do no drain they do oh the endless amounts i'm so i just want some cheap tuna please not even mackerel's cheap i used to like tins of mackerel um yeah. just one of those open eat one of those and but now they're like one pound fifty a tin the the, the cheap the cheap option, cheap for me for like protein and whatnot, is a tin of baked beans. Yeah, I do like a tin of baked beans. Cold, hey. I don't have to warm them up. Just oh, cold beans are underrated. Yeah. Well, I'll pass on that one. I'll tell you what, I've been uh, on Instagram, uh, Heinz Beans have been targeting me with their mini recipes. <laughs> <laughs> and I saw one the other day. Perfect Maybe it's just audience. one click one. Um, it is, and uh, there was this amazing pulled chicken with barbecue beans in a slow cooker. I was like, "What?" They was amazing. You what, they're good. Heinz beans. If you can't be bothered to make your own baked beans and you're doing a barbecue, you know, barbecue some meat, smoke some meat, chop them up into that, and add some onions and stuff, and no one will know the difference, and they taste damn good. No, oh, it's dangerous. To just <laughs> I always, I always make. Um, barbecue beans uh yeah. whenever i have beans just throw some paprika in and good to go get some get some pulled pork in there too everyone's a winner pork and beans i know i think this is the episode where i've got the hungriest ever <laughs> <laughs> there's no i'm unfortunately there's no like mindfulness exercises to make you less hungry that i'm aware of no especially not this episode <laughs> <laughs> cool um uh, Go on, Chris. Yeah, so to tie things up nicely before we move into kind of random questions and something that might throw you off, um, okay. if you'd have to kind of summarize what we've talked about as kind of three, doesn't have to necessarily be the three best tips, but three tips for beginners mm -hmm. for losing weight when it comes to kind of how they eat, what would they be? Ooh. So, just just on what we've spoken about, start to understand 
the well, first we'll start to understand what calories are and how cooking methods will affect the overall calorie content of the food you eat. Um, so that's going to be looking at things like whether you cook, grill, fry, the cuts of meat you use, uh, and the individual ingredients that go into it. That's kind of a major thing. Start to experiment with them um, and then start to question whether you do need two and a half grams per kilo of body weight of protein every single day per meal or whatever it is you're doing. As soon as you yeah. start to be happy with that, sorry, speak over you. Um, as soon as you start to be happy with that, you start to see that there's a lot more freedom for movement within the other parts of the meal and that you can actually get by with less protein than everyone seems to tell you. That's a big one. I'm not yep. an anti-protein person whatsoever. It just seems to be a theme that comes up a lot that people are kind of chasing protein at the expense of every other part of their food, their meal. The, the stuff that they love. Yeah, exactly. Even me, like I'm pretty much the meat king right now. And I don't eat as much protein as some people who are half my size. Yeah. Uh, smash back. <laughs> and just, just having a higher carb intake affords so much more movement because so many of the foods that you like to eat are basically majority carbs yeah. from fruits, from rice, from pastas and breads and just the grains in general and the beans and every pulse. And if you start being able to include more of those in your diet, you actually tend to have a hell of a lot more variety and then access to the more satiating, bigger volume foods. So start to enjoy those more. Um, and have a go. I think I'm a three now, maybe. <laughs> have a go. At looking at something that you make regularly, some food that you make regularly, be like the, the weekly bolognese, the weekly chili, stews, the baked potato dish you have, whatever. Have a look at that. Look at what goes into it and see how you can play around with what goes into it to still make it enjoyable, but lower calorie. So this is assuming you have an understanding of calories. Kind of the same, all kind of the same thing there, really. I kind of tried to get one point and make it into three. I don't know if I succeeded there. No, you did. No, that works. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, enough, so, just nod and smile. Um, so <laughs> if I, I just wanted to, because uh, uh, I, when I was, you know, going through the stages of learning, and you know, not that I, I'm not anymore, I still am, but I was always curious to to kind of understand people who, like yourself, what their protocols would be, their, their, like the first one or two protocols they, that they would do when it comes to a client. So would you say they're the things that you kind of work with a client or do you, without, you know, without saying this is what I do directly, blah, 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 mm -hmm. um, if that makes sense? Yeah, it does. So obviously it's going to vary from client to client as to how you approach it. But one particular scenario that might come up commonly would be the sort of the semi-adept client, they know what calories are, they know what they should be doing, they're kind of aware of what they should be doing. And in that situation, it's more of your, the, pro the protocol becomes more of a, okay, sit down, let's talk over the foods you like, let's look at what you're eating, if possible, you can work out the calorie intake that they have. At that point, it's your chance to kind of direct them towards the easiest way to start manipulating their calorie intake day to day. And that generally is going to be with, okay, these foods are possibly too much. These foods can be changed and you're definitely not eating enough of these foods. Now let's look at what you do over the period of the week and see how we can slip things in that way. Um, what seems feasible to you? What is doable? Why don't we look at your weekly shop? Whilst bearing in mind the whole time that they're probably wrong about 90% of the things that they've actually told you. Yeah. That's, that's a hot contested topic that is. Oh yeah, 100%. <laughs> 
They're not lying, they're just mistaken. That's really yeah. important to, no, to remember. They, they don't even know that they're not even telling you. That's the big thing about it. Yeah, and you have to reiterate that a lot. I've had to reiterate that um, at, at expos and on stage quite a lot. It's your clients are not lying to you. It's, it's very popular on social media to be all kind of like edgy and make these absolute statements that make people get offended because that gets attention. But they're not lying to you. They're just mistaken. They yeah. honestly do believe what they're telling you is true. Yeah, That's not yeah. a lie. <laughs> when you say to them, ah, what have you eaten today? And they say, nothing. Eventually, like nine times out of ten, they have, but they're just, it's such a, it's such a natural and it's such a common habit that they mm. don't think about it. It's, it's mindlessness. And that's one of the reasons why um, these dietary changes when people take extremes or just even start a diet become really effective because suddenly they go from mindless eating to very consciously eating. And, and that biscuit that they would have just eaten without thinking about it suddenly becomes the forefront of their mind. As they reach for it, they go, oh, that's food. I'm thinking about food right now because I'm on a diet. Um, and that can go one of two ways. That can go, now I always want the biscuits or now I'm aware that I shouldn't be eating the biscuit. So you can get yeah. a very different response to that too. So it's being able to juggle that. And yeah, pe people are just mistaken. I, I remember going for breakfast once with somebody. I went to, we went to McDonald's and I, I actually just had oats, surprisingly. Um, it was all I really wanted. And they had a full breakfast wrap and an extra hash brown. And then sort of a couple of hours later, they turn around. They're like, I'm really hungry. I haven't eaten anything today. I was like, well, really, haven't Hold you? On. <laughs> <laughs> no, and they genuinely couldn't remember that we had gone and sat down in McDonald's for about an hour and eaten food, had coffee, um, and then come home and done some other stuff. And like, that's not a reflection on how boring I am to be around. That's just, people <laughs> do that. <laughs> people don't just block out their memories of spending time with me. <laughs> it's, uh... yeah, but no, um, it is mental when you think about it. Like someone's, actually forgotten that they went into a place sat down had food had a conversation and went home and completely forgot that like they're like they passed out or something like it's yeah. mental it is and that's it's probably not... not even part of their sorry that's not even probably part of their daily routine right like it's not something they do yeah. every day so it's a little bit different so you think you might remember it yeah, that's. I mean, that's a good point. It, it's not their their daily norm. So you can you can forget things that you do every single day because they're habit. Yeah, that's the act of actually going out somewhere in the car purposefully to get food, spending money, and uh, and it happens. You you see it. People will forget they've been to the chip shop on the way home, like I yeah. walked home eating a bag of chips or something. It's uh, it's an interesting one. So yeah, working on your conscious awareness of everything you're doing is probably a big one. So people like us our ability to recall the food we've eaten over the last three days is going to be inaccurate, but good. Whereas yes. somebody who hasn't done it before, you're going to expect a pretty big margin of error. And as a coach, you have to be aware that that's going to exist. And when people just deny that, when people say to me like, Oh, I believe my client is telling the truth or I know they are. It's, it's very bad because we've got no way of proving it. And we know that people make mistakes. And when you believe firmly that this person is telling the truth, the only other thing you, the only option you have is then to jump to a conclusion of, well, they have a slow metabolism. Yeah. And that's um, where stuff starts to get bad. Yeah. Um, I, I, I'm not sure if you, uh, 
you've probably uh, like watched it, but there was a short, there was a documentary going around on BBC uh, about like Secret Eaters. Yeah, I remember when that was out. Yeah, and the, the lady that was like popping into McDonald's, and then when she got asked she literally had no idea and they were secretly filming her measuring her bloods and whatnot and they said do you remember you do you did this and she went no i don't remember yeah Yeah, they 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 filmed her eating it i've seen a similar one with a guy who walked to work and he stops off at a breakfast restaurant and has like a challenge breakfast on his way to work no (laughs) recollection of doing it not even like a regular breakfast just a challenge (laughs) Yeah, it's like the nine fried eggs job. And he's just like, no, I don't remember doing that. I mean, this was a big guy, but he genuinely had no recollection of doing it. It's like food amnesia is, is a thing yeah. and it happens. And by not accepting that, like I, I think people, when you tell them that, people feel like you're calling them a liar or yeah. they feel like they're calling their clients a liar. And when you've got, and you know, it happens, it, it's an emotive thing, the, the weight management. And you've got someone who's at their wits end and they're upset and they're emotional and they can't help. They're, they're like, I eat 1200 calories a day. It's all I'm eating and I can't lose weight. And I, I don't get to do this and I don't get to do this and I don't get to do this. And it's very difficult to turn around and say to that person, yeah, but you kind of forgot about the wedding cake that you ate. It's how do you, how do you put that nicely? You, you can't really. So it becomes one of those issues where the coach has to be aware of it and it slowly becomes part of their competency and, and their education. And they come out in sort of six months' time. They've never had to deal with the fact that you've gone, ah, oh, you're lying. They won't think back to that time ever again. And for a brief period, they're probably going to believe that they are eating more food and losing weight. They're eating more calories. And they're, but they're not. They're just no. – this is part of their learning period. Like when you learn um, – biochemistry so what what do you call it when you're a child uh chemistry <laughs> yeah <laughs> you lose the bio bit <laughs> when, you're, when you're learning chemistry as a kid you start off learning about atoms and electrons and you learn that they orbit uh, the electrons orbit around an atom and as you get a bit older you go you know what that's not actually true they they they're in groups and they float around and then a bit further like down the line when you learn more they go you know what what we told you then isn't actually true either they're in clouds and they're at different energy levels and they go up yeah. and down. And when, when stuff bounces off them, they fly around everywhere. And then you learn a bit more and, and you know, you keep relearning and saying, actually what you learned before isn't true. We just told you it that way because it was an easier way to build everything else around it. Yeah. So you do that with every type of education. You should do it with nutrition education, but yeah. you have a lot of trainers who go, no, my clients from day one have to know everything hundred percent fact. And that's just fucks people up. That's the biggest thing. That is it. Like, totally. I've prime example is I've got a client who she she maybe listens to this. I don't know. Um, but I've got a client who goes to Slimming World, and it, I've never gone to her. Right, you need to stop that um, because she speaks very highly of it, and she goes for social reasons. So it's all about just getting her to make the kind of conscious effort or the conscious uh, choice to slowly drop that away. And it's yeah. all about like, it's, it's like the old, um, just dropping the odd little comment and, but not like, Oh, blah, blah, blah. It's like, Oh, you know, what do you think about this? Yeah. And then that gets it. And then that, that is probably, probably that is the best way to educate 
um, you know, as a, as yourself, really, is to just drips and drabs and mm-hmm. little bit by little bit and try not to. It's exactly the same as what we we're talking about um, when it comes to making those changes. Make them so they're subtle and not too dramatic. It's exactly the same when it comes to education, right? Make yeah. sure that you can take it step by step. And before you take move on to the next step, you need to understand that. Yeah, and you, you have to encourage them and be positive. It's like when, yeah. when you have a three-year-old writing their name with crayons, you don't berate them because they can't write cursive. You're like... Rip it up, throw it in the bin. <laughs> yeah. What is rubbish. this shit? <laughs> yeah. Get out. You don't do that. They'll never learn anything. They'll just eat the crayons. And it's, <laughs> it's the same thing with an adult. You don't be like, oh, great, you're counting points, you fucking moron. <laughs> It's like, great, that's a step along the journey. And, you know, eventually you're probably going to fail, but you'll learn more and then you'll come to me. So, yeah, because you berate them and they'll go off and they won't eat crayons because they're an adult. They'll eat cake instead because, you know, <laughs> slightly more intelligent. Maybe crayons. Uh, maybe. <laughs> Some people. Scented. Yeah. Uh, no, yeah. It's very, it's a very good point to make. Um, just, uh, yeah, like... It's very insightful work, especially the whole making those changes that don't alter the taste or it's it's like those changes that you don't know, essentially, right? Yeah, I mean, zero noodles, some of them are terrible. Like, oh, one yes. of my clients bought me some made from fish <laughs> that are like... Oh. The worst. I, I don't know who who in marketing. It must have been like I don't know. It must have been a, a very Asian company or something. They like fishy things. Um, but yeah, these are made for fish protein. They taste like fish. They're horrible. Some zero noodles. When you like put them into certain dishes, you can't tell that they're zero noodles. You know, they're just they're like normal ones. So you keep everything the same, except you've dropped the entire calorie content of having the noodles. Um, obviously, that's a horrible low carb thing, and I would never want people to go low carb. But you know what I'm saying? Yeah, we. Yeah, I think people get the gist of it. Um, wicked. Right. Um, before we move on, is there anything that you want to add? Is there anything that you want to sum up? Uh, no, I tend to go off topic massively. So <laughs> drain it back in. <laughs> All right, wicked. Chris, is there anything you want to add? Um, no, I thought that was really insightful. I don't think there's anything else I'd add to that. I think yeah. If you can't take any if you can't take anything away from that, then well, just go back to eating your crayons. <laughs> Probably a good move. Cool. Uh, should we move across then to some random let's, questions and a let's bit of do it. light-hearted stuff? Oh, I'll sit down for this. Yeah, <laughs> take down. a seat. I've, <laughs> I've been pacing. Apparently, I'm in my fat burn zone. I've been pacing for this whole talk. <laughs> been like a thousand oh. steps. Nice. Brilliant. All I've right. just been slouched on my bed. It's too hot to stand. I've been cool. doing it all day. So anyway, I can create a breeze in the room by circulating the air myself. <laughs> That's one way to do it. There you go, Brad. Right. If you don't want to buy a fan, just keep circling your room. I'm. Not, I don't even want to move. I don't even want to move. <laughs> but anyway, before spot. before we get sidetracked again, um, <laughs> so Rich, one, what is one random thing about you that not many people know or you know not too many people know that's i'm pretty open with a lot of my stuff i guess not a huge amount of people know that i am a massive geek um i uh i can game with the best of them 
Like, I have been a pretty hardcore gamer since I was able to pick up a controller. So being 30, that would be, like, my first console was the original Atari's um, and the Atari ST. And ever since then, I have played games for a large amount of my time to the point where I have my own virtual reality room. Oh, wow. Wicked. It's great fun, but not in this weather. It's <laughs> so hot getting into a virtual reality setup. The headsets are warm, um, but they're good fun. I have a few friends who I shoot zombies in VR with, and uh, it's absolutely hilarious if you're a gamer. Well, um, I know where I'm going the weekend. Good barbecue, <laughs> great gaming. What more could you ask for? Exactly. And I'll beat anyone at Bomber, man. Wow. Oh, gold they... night. I went to one a GoldenEye tournament when I was like 10. Oh, really? Yeah, really good. Oh. I haven't played Bomberman for ages. I'm trying to recall Go. what it even is. Oh, Bomberman two on the SNES. Chris. Bomberman. Chris, it's the the, the little man with the white hat, and he runs around. You gotta drop the bombs and run around the corners and wait and make your way through it. Yeah, it destroys best... friendships. I'm gonna yeah. throw out on a limb then. I don't think I've played it. Off. Depends if you were like a Nintendo or a Sony kid, I guess. But then obviously Sony was way after the SNES. Right? Yeah, yeah. Cool. and Nintendo. Dreamcast. What did you have, if anything? Uh, PlayStation, PS2. Yeah. Oh, but the first one, I think, was a Sega Mega Drive. Mega Drive. So you'd have been Mega Drive, Dreamcast, sort of. Yeah, you wouldn't have had Bomberman on that. Well, no, you wouldn't. Although Nintendo and Sega are pretty close now. Yeah. What's your, um, your favourite game at the minute, then? So favourite current game? Oh, so me and my friends who play, like um, I play with my my legal advisor a lot. Um, <laughs> he's a really good, really close friend of mine. Um, he does Ironclad, um, the drafting and uh, contract drafting stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, we do a lot of co-op games, uh, so anything we can play through at the same time. Uh, what have we been playing? We, we don't, we get too ragey when we play the Battleground games, you know, like PUBG. Yeah, seem play, they're too rage inducing. Um, although they've added custom modes to that now, so we can just drive around in cars and snipe people. So that's cool. That's fine. Just now. rage quit. Yeah, we've been trying our hand at some free games just because we spent. I have a Steam library of like 700 games, which I've played three of. So we've <laughs> at some free games at the Quite moment. the collection. Yeah, Overwatch your... got rubbish now as well, so we don't play that anymore. Uh, I've, not, I've never managed to play that. Um, but what's your current console to play are you more pc i'm a pc gamer yeah i oh, do okay. have a ps4 i got that so i could play with some of the other a lot of the fit pros have ps4s and they play uh the rainbow six siege game yeah uh, but console i can't shoot on a console i need a keyboard and mouse are you in are you into oh, what are you into uh more shooters rpgs racing? i do like a good rpg a shooter if it's got co-op in it um yep. is always good what was the last i don't know what the last game i played uh was i kickstart a few games because i'd like to see the indie games um torchlight was the last rpg we played through because i played it for a long time that's like diablo yeah i've never i've not never played it but i have watched uh a few oh, people right. play uh at the minute my thing is to just stream on youtube watch people play games yeah, that's really popular um, at the moment. Me me and a friend used to do a little bit of streaming of co-op games, and that was pretty popular. Um, 
I'll tell you what, the best game I played recently actually is a game called um uh, I can't remember now. It is out recently. Um it's on the Microsoft store. A way out, it's called. You have to play that. Yeah, you have to play that with another friend at the same time. If you're a PC gamer, hop on like Discord or Skype and play it. If I think it's on the PlayStation. Well, it might be on the Xbox. You have to play it in the same room as each other. That was we play. We picked that up because it looked good, and we played it from about seven p.m. till four in the morning, just in one sitting. Wow! It was brilliant. <laughs> oh, we were yeah. afterwards. We were emotional. <laughs> I see what game it is. It's that Prison Break uh, yeah. game. Yeah, I remember yeah. seeing that advertised loads of places. And only one person has to buy it. Is oh, well. wicked. So you yeah. could go go, uh, go Dutch on it and go halves, why not? <laughs> yeah, well, seal of approval. There's not often I, I'd, I recommend a game because people's tastes are so varied, but yeah. we play that nonstop. And, and the end, you know the feeling you get when a series that you've been watching just finishes? Yeah, like... That's uh, how you feel at the end of that, which is a good thing and a bad thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I felt that way after The, um, the Last of Us. Yeah, yeah, Last of Us is a very good game. Oh, in, in terms of those types of games, there's a company called Telltale, which make the point-and-click style adventure games. Yeah. yeah. And they did an entire series for The Walking Dead, which I really enjoyed, and one based on a comic book called The Wolf Among Us, which is really good, um, if you don't mind the sort of more story-driven games. Uh, that's really, really good. I can't remember what game it was. Um... I might, it might have been very similar to The Last of Us, and it was a solo player. And this, um, there was this absolute nutter. It chases you around in the game and like traps you in these rooms. I can't remember what game it was. <laughs> Sounds like, um, is it like a jump scare game? Yeah, th- those games I can't, I can't, I can't deal with. Try like the Outlast game. It's called Outlast. It might be, it might be Outlast actually. That's horrible. I can't play that. Yeah. <laughs> it's uh, too, too much. I, I, have to like, well. I yeah. end up throwing the controller and just turning the game off. I'm like, oh, I'm done. I just, I live on my own, so I just can't play that. <laughs> <laughs> I have to sprint from my office to my bedroom at night. <laughs> I just used to let my uh, younger brother play. You you play, I watch. <laughs> yeah, that's the interesting. I don't have to deal with it. I, it's right. like if I watch a scary film, I detach myself by complaining about how different things are wrong. Oh, yes. I, I do that as well. Oh, I just choose not to watch them. Yeah, yeah. snap. I, I can't handle them. <laughs> can't, <laughs> can't handle them. It's, it's the nightmares. I'll be honest. <laughs> I can't deal with the nightmares. <laughs> oh, no. But there you go. All right. Um, okay, so when you're not um, playing games and you are in the gym, um, what is one exercise you hate but secretly love? Oh, God. Um, single leg work, like split squats um, and conditioning. So I hate conditioning, but it's so goddamn important. Yeah. Uh, same with single leg work, like the Bulgarians and stuff. Nothing feels worse. 100% yeah. with you on that one. I think Bulgarian split squats are up there for me as well. Yeah. They have done. I, I like them, but they, my hips don't. That's the thing. Uh, so it can be difficult, yeah. Yeah. Alternatives: walking lunges, backward lunges, stuff like well, reverse lunge, things like that. Or box step ups. Just stick to my leg extension. Chris doesn't like that. <laughs> yeah. I don't have one in my gym, unfortunately. We've just about got one. 
but it it kind of it kind of works. We <laughs> got a cable back, I guess you can put the leg cuff on, can't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Interesting, um, isn't it? Cool. Um, so obviously we've talked a lot about food, and you're a massive barbecue man. What is one of your favourite meats to have? Oh, hmm. I really like. I mean, like ways of like cuts and ways of cooking, or just the the animal. You can go however you want with this. It's okay. it's your opinion. Okay, so there's a particular way which has taken me a while to get a butcher to do it. Surprisingly, to cut beef ribs, and that is instead of having the long, well, you call it a short rib, which is basically the yeah. long rib with the meat along it. If you cut a beef rib, get your butcher to cut them so you're cutting through every single one of the ribs. So you basically get a piece of meat with little discs of bone running through it. So cross section, right? Yeah. rather than lengthways of the, of the rib that is an absolutely delicious way to hot cook and quick cook a rib so you don't have to slow cook it because normally you have to slow cook ribs to get them any very good good sort of southern american rub or um anything salt pepper garlic is always good and just on the coals or just over the coals so it kind of blackens up a bit crisps up a bit the the marrow from cutting through you know bubbles and crisps up that is absolutely divine high calorie but it's really good worth it pr- yeah it's, it's if failing that it's a big fat tomahawk steak nice i just want to point out before we come on come on to the show i, I did, did say, say to this. chris <laughs> it, it, it would be ribs <laughs> Oh, really? I caught it. <laughs> nice. I never used to like ribs that much until um, like you order them in a restaurant and they tend just to be overcooked and slathered in sauce, don't they? And banged in a microwave. Yeah, <laughs> done properly though. It's um, that that way of doing the beef ribs is really good. Well worth it. All right, there you go. Uh, okay, so you're having a barbecue mm. and you're allowed to invite three guests, dead or alive for a dinner who are you inviting other than us of course yeah <laughs> so yeah so these are the one spot <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, oh god that that's a good question um so no favorite well i guess i could invite a famous vegetarian you, no. you can fight whoever you want that means i just have to make more sides if i did that um i would probably have Outside of like, I'm gonna I'm gonna avoid like famous rock stars and shit just so they can play me music. Like in terms of people who would actually be interesting, um, it's gonna be someone like Patrick Moore and David Attenborough. That sort of that area. Good shout. Very interesting. Very clever people. Probably got some good stories. Mm. Um, and. It would have to be, for my own selfish reasons, one of the big barbecue kingpins. So someone like Myron Mixon, who could just criticize all my food and tell me it was shit and then show me how to do it properly. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it, it would have to be it'd have to be one of those guys. So someone very intelligent, very um, underrated and learned. I think I'd go with, yeah, um, David Attenborough. You can tell me all about the time he spent on the Galapagos and stuff like that. That'd be good. Very good. That's a difficult question. It is, right? It is very also, It also makes you very quickly run through every famous person you know, and then later on I'm going to be like, oh, I should have said him. Yeah. yeah. This is, we got asked this uh, last 
uh, last episode we recorded, and I just said we're stealing that because that is a good question. It is good. Can I request that they bring certain food with them? Like, because apparently the Galapagos <laughs> turtles are really tasty. <laughs> <laughs> you, know I mean? like, well, you can have what you want <laughs> that's one of the reasons why they're endangered like they're apparently too, they're too tasty <laughs> too tasty they can't stop yeah they, they were supposed to bring a load of them back like yeah, i think the 1800s to kind of help c- conserve them and um help them breed and like the, the people on the ship basically mutinied and ate them because they were too delicious well uh, food food fact of the day <laughs> <laughs> in case the others weren't uh good enough in terms of nutrition there you go yeah yeah so you're at dinner you've got your guests you've got your meat last question what are you drinking oh what am i drinking so that's another thing i guess not a lot of people know about me it falls into that i do like so i'm not a huge drinker but i do make a manhattan not a lot i'm not like that much but um if i'm making a drink i mix a manhattan Using rye whiskey, a, a sweet vermouth, um, and just a dash of bitters. And sometimes I, I sacrilege, but I'll put some kirsch in it instead of putting a cherry in it. Oh, nice. I've still not had one of these. Yeah, you you've missed out. I know. I'm, <laughs> I'm like, I do really want, I just haven't had one yet. It's a very strong drink. I'll tell you what I do is underrated as well. You know, the, the sours made with egg whites. Not too sure that one. Give it a go. You won't be disappointed. I would give it a go. Uh, the Manhattan's very similar to an old-fashioned, isn't it? Yeah, it is quite. Old-fashioned is basically sugar cube and a dash of bitters and some orange by oil, really, isn't it? Yeah. So the the Manhattan is adding in like vermouth. Um, people have different types of Manhattan, whether you use dry white or sweet vermouth. I prefer the sweet red. There's um, a company called Regal Rogue, which make really nice vermouths. Um, so yeah, that's the difference there. So it's a slightly, slightly long, it's probably about the same size in terms of serving portion, but it's potent because it's got so much alcohol in it. <laughs> it's, not, it's not a drink and drive drink at all. Definitely not. <laughs> don't, don't drink and drive, kids. Drink that's a drive. drink and barbecue. Yeah, yeah. It's not like, what I mean by that, it's not like you can have a shandy and drive. Yeah. <laughs> Unless you're in Scotland, I think. Um, it's just stay stay clear of operating heavy machinery and probably barbecues after the, yeah. first, after the first ball. <laughs> <laughs> this is a post post cook post cook. Yeah, unless well, you just well, when you're about to move on to gaming. Yeah, exactly. Get, oh, mate, I've got one of my clients on my VR. <laughs> He's going to listen to this and he will feel terrible. Um, if you ever do VR, make sure, like, so you make sure that you have boundaries set up. So as you approach like a wall in the room, you get like this little invisible mesh appear in front of your screen so you don't walk through it, right? Um, there's a play area for a reason because the person wearing the VR headset can't see you when you're in the play area. So they don't want to walk into you. Um, my client was having a crack on my VR setup and I was standing just at the edge of the play area area that's set up in the room so you know you go towards it an invisible wall starts to appear um and he thought it'd be funny because you get so immersed in the virtual reality that he'd pick something up in the virtual world and throw it at me to like even though (laughs) i'm not in the virtual world right (laughs) outside but he did it anyway and instead of throwing something at me he follows through with the throwing motion and punched me square in the nose with the little <laughs> handheld controller. It was the most painful punch that I've ever taken to the face. 
<laughs> so yeah, there's a safety tip. Oh, don't shit. get, don't get pissed up. Yeah. He was sober as well. He wasn't pissed up. He's just that is like another level of when you used to play with the Wii, and if you didn't put the strap, <laughs> let go, and the controller would be halfway through your TV. Yeah, yeah. This this is next up because these controllers are, are like pretty jagged as well. Real flat, hard edge to them. Yeah, I bet you're like I'm never playing, never playing I, that. Again. I th- I thought it was hilarious. He was mortified. <laughs> He just bust the face open. <laughs> oh, shit. Well, that is one way to finish the podcast. But before we do, uh, <laughs> this is one of those podcasts. How many topics can you fit in, uh, in, in an episode? It's good for the hashtagging and the search results, though, isn't it? <laughs> I think we're going to run out of space. Hashtag VR gaming. Yeah. Um, yeah. Have you got a question for us? see i've been trying to think of this the whole session and it put me on the spot i had a really good one and then it went out of my head and it was like a really it probably would have spurred on way too much discussion to be honest so uh the classic question which you have to ask everybody since the age of six is would you rather have legs as long as your fingers or fingers as long as your legs and why oh i've not been i've not heard this question before to be honest uh, so, legs as long as legs as long as your fingers, or fingers as long as your legs. That'd be. Ooh. I'm gonna go fingers as long as my legs because it wouldn't be fun to be like four foot short <laughs> or three foot Imagine short. You'd set so many deadlift records though. Yeah, silver lining. Yeah, I guess. Uh, but if I've got really long fingers, I can probably reach stuff that I wouldn't be able to reach normally. So you could tick people from far but it'd be freaky <laughs> also you'd have to have really strong muscles in your hands to control fingers that long well if i was born like that i'd be okay because they just kind of slowly develop i'm guessing anyway i guess <laughs> it would so i think this is a this is a very true i've got a lot of questions going from my head because if you've right if you've got, if you've got short like legs, if you've got a short legs, mm-hmm. surely as you walk, <laughs> your balls are gonna like hang on the floor. <laughs> yes, <laughs> that's true. I, I guess Very true. you just wouldn't really have legs, would you? Uh, I'm gonna go for the uh, the fingers as long as my legs because there's parts of my back that would be good to itch on days that no one's around yeah there you go that's a good reason just just in private (laughs) oh right it's not for a privacy thing it's because other people do it for you okay yeah like you know (laughs) like there's bits you're just like oh i just can't reach get it please please just just there um but you know get it yourself yeah you'd be self-reliant yeah exactly and i don't really fancy scraping my bollocks along the pavement <laughs> it would make gaming very hard though if your fingers were as long as your legs uh, or really easy because you could have so many keybinds that you could reach yeah yeah uh, i'm curious now <laughs> you thought about the question what would your answer be well i always figured the legs thing because it's just the fingers would just totally get i've got really long legs so it would be really impractical for me to have hands that big. So my, so you, my yeah, you kind of want to experience the short leg, the shorter legs. I just guess it would just be, 
it wouldn't be as impacting on my life. Fair enough. Yeah. Got quite long fingers anyway. Yeah, see, I, I have pretty short fingers, so a bit worried. Yeah. <laughs> Luckily, it's not going to happen. <laughs> yeah, I love how we're panicked about shit. Is this going to happen? What would we do? Which, how's it going to affect our day-to-day life? My balls are scraped against the floor. What's going on? <laughs> I feel like it kind of wasted my question, but I'm still happy. <laughs> no, oh, no, that's a great question. Might have to steal it again. <laughs> keep asking the next person the previous person's question we'll never run out of questions (laughs) (laughs) oh god all right um just before we do end um is there anything what you're currently working on where can people find you um where are you teaching where you tutoring you know lecturing wherever you want to call it oh yeah Uh, some shameless self-promotion haven't done that yet yeah yeah um right so my my focus my work at the moment since i've kind of come back into actually doing stuff so when when i tend to develop courses i I disappear from social media for a bit i focus on my work and um i keep some clients ticking over so now that i'm kind of back i've done a lot of work on developing some courses over at the aca um potentially going to see more of that in the next couple months so coming to the end of contract period and working stuff out looking forward Uh, to that should be good hopefully some stuff in the pipeline there i have re i've boosted up my online coaching to group coaching which you might have seen the odd post about so yeah i've been online coaching for years it's um i moved fully online years ago um i do do some in person still but um i have a it's called norse training principles basically it's the way that i got back into my training after injury because everything was boring and everything was just too rigid and five three one this and blah 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 blah. Um, i made my training fun i focused it very much on movement um, and a load of other sort of lifestyle principles like getting outside and hitting certain steps moving keeping plans simple keeping just working progressive resistance that's it none of this fancy crap that people throw around and and the main part of it was i just started setting challenges every week for me and my clients to do where it was just ridiculous stuff like we'd get the heaviest dumbbell possible like a 70 kilo fat grip dumbbell set up a shin high barrier and just keep passing it back and forth until one person's fingers came off um and that person lost <laughs> and that was so that would, it would have been handy for the long fingers i guess um, <laughs> <laughs> not go, very good with the uh the short legs yeah it'd have higher to lift it way higher <laughs> um and that 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 started to sorry go back. That started to form the basis of the programming. We started to do simple um, training, outdoor challenges, and physical challenges every week, and that became programming. And that slowly became an online group where we moved everybody into an online group. We have an online scoreboard, um, which isn't like a competitive one. It's a it's a weekly challenge gets set and released every week. And I started to theme it around Norse mythology and legend and figures in in, in Norse mythology. So we did um, like the first week we did one about the frost giants, and it sounds it'll either sound cool or lame to people. Um, Slef near the eight legged horse belonging to Odin. We did one themed on that, which was basically all about legs. Um, um, we did one about the ocean, um, Aegir, the, the the giant of the ocean, and and it was to do with constantly building waves of movement. And 
you, you do these challenges and they're for time or for reps or for total weight moved and you submit them with a sweaty selfie to the group and they go up on the scoreboard and everyone pats each other on the back. It's just a really nice community. So you get your programming done and um, you get your challenges each week. You take part in it and I live stream myself getting my ass kicked by the workout every week and I do some live stream barbecuing in the group and all that, all that fun stuff. That's what I'm working on at the moment. It's this small group online PT. I'm trying to kind of reinvent how this group PT online is done um, by going, you know what? Programming is relatively generic. You know, there are certain principles that we follow um, and I will do your programming for you. And that's done. You get your little themed cards. The real thing is getting people to do the stuff that they hate. What you mentioned before, the Bulgarians, the conditioning, right? How do we make that fun? We make it a challenge. We make it a stupid challenge that people can have a laugh with, um, make fun of each other and submit their scores as they do it. And um, that that's my project that I'm working on. It's building that community, building that exercise database. Um, they get little like they get cards to plug into their workouts, like pull up progression programs and progression programs for doing handstands and all that stuff. So it's just making the training fun uh, and not a chore and stuff that you want to go in and do um, because it's not your normal sort of gym routine. It, it's it's just fun. <laughs> that was a really long-winded way of selling it, but that, that's what I'm focusing on. I'm building that group up. Um, I do an intake every two months on it. Um, it's always capped at 30 people, total number of people. So I take like 10 people every couple months. Um, and I got another group of 10 people who I'm filling out. So I've got like six spots. Um, due to start in like four days. So I actually need to get some promotion on the go because <laughs> it's August. They're supposed to join. Kind of slacked. Whoa. <laughs> I'm, sure, I'm sure you'll find like... I'm even like, take my money now. Yeah, like I'm like, this sounds very interesting and fun. How do I sign up? <laughs> anyway, I'll send you this week's or last week's challenge if you want to give it a go. Last 100%. week, that would be ace. See how you guys do. So last week's used only a kettlebell for the workout challenge. Um, I think the week before you need an assault bike for that one. So it's minimal kit as well because it ha- it's people who train at home, um, yeah. people who have limited kit. It's it's all aimed around. I but need this. I'll send you the card. Give it a go. Let me. I'll show you the scores that people achieve. They're deceptive as well. Very oh. deceptive. So I think the I think it was uh, Loki. That was the theme for last one. Obviously the trickster. Um, yeah. The deception. That was just a kettlebell. Um, that was horrific. <laughs> are you but, uh, are you doing this on your own, or are you with someone? Like, this is just uh, this is just me. So this is me oh, moving my, my coaching into this. So this is all from nice. Iris Coaching, my company. Um, so each each week you get I release the name of the figure or the myth that we're going to be focusing on to give people a little bit of an idea and some teaser text to learn about that myth, what it is, who it is, what significance they have in mythology. So you can start to get some ideas of, oh, what am I going to have to do for this? So like the one to the ocean was about, you know, the building of, of the waves and a maelstrom at the end. And, and it gives you like, it gives you an idea. I'm going to have to do something that builds up and up and up in this for this challenge. Um, so you get the image and I use all the imagery and, and then on the Sunday or the Monday morning, the workout is released and then I go and live stream myself doing it, getting my ass kicked usually. Because <laughs> um, I have to test it first to make sure it's doable anyway. And then I have to go and do it myself to prove, to show that it can be done and then submit my score. So I don't win always. Like it, it's not supposed to be winning. I shouldn't be saying that. I don't come at <laughs> <laughs> I'm only in it to win. 
yeah i i quite often come sort of middle uh in the group because everyone is good at different things and i vary the different things that have to be done um so there's like rowing and the assault bike tend to feature because most gyms have a rower or assault bike um and if people don't have access to them there's always scaled versions of things they can do um so yeah it's it's good fun i've been really enjoying it for the last couple months as well um just because it's it's that community thing um and it really is just focused on the lifting and the training. So, yeah, that's that's wow. project. And uh, so, uh, I'm just like, well, okay, uh, sign me up now. But um, for anyone who's <laughs> listening, uh, where do they go if they want to know a little bit more about that and so forth? So I've literally just finished the website because it was the last thing that I did. Um, that's just norsegym.co.uk n-o-r-s-e gym.co.uk nice simple website or there's me on the instagram which is at rich sen coaching or one word either of those ways you'll be able to find more information about it it's disgustingly cheap as well so oh wow we'll definitely definitely be having a look um so yeah um anything else you want to plug or is that everything uh for now that's the only thing that's confirmed and solid i've got other stuff in the pipeline um But uh, obviously, there's uh, it, it's not confirmed yet, so I guess yeah, it's yeah. confidentiality. Um, yeah. Depending on when this goes live, I'll either be doing or have done a workshop this weekend for the Team Box guys as well. I'm teaching deadlift for oh, them. Brilliant. Yeah. That should be good. After my amazing deadlift fell on the other day. I saw that. <laughs> <laughs> what happened? Did it just oh. like too heavy for the bar? I ran out of space on the bar, so I had to tape the plates on. And there's a still picture of me from the video where the, one of the 20 kilo plates has just dropped off the end. Um, and the bar's like at a sort of 45 degree angle. And I just look confused more than anything. I think I've seen that. <laughs> I don't look particularly bothered by it. Like most people would be like just torn in half. I'm just kind of like, what? <laughs> What's going on? <laughs> and then I, I, thought, I thought they had like dead, deadlift goals, no? Yeah, <laughs> to, to be able to tape more plates on. It's because like now it's sensible to have bumper plates to protect oh, the yeah. floor. But once you're lifting a significant amount, you kind of need to get some like calibrated steel plates and just pull properly. But it's a lot of money to spend on just the deadlift. You know? Oh, 100%. Yeah, as much Even as those not. bumper plates, once you start getting like a full set they will set you back a fair a fair amount a fair amount to say yeah like my my private studio i've got like four different barbells and like 450 ish kilos maybe more of bumper plates and it's not cheap it's a lot of clients have to pay for that yeah 100 percent. where did you get yours from uh wolverson i get pretty much everything uh to do with the plates the bars the bumpers um and rig stuff from wolverson and then okay. the machines are all watson gym oh well good combo uh, we're actually looking at getting some stuff from uh wolverson in a minute speak to wolverson tell them about me and you get a nice discount there we go happy days that's that's why we were set back a little bit, Chris, because they wanted us to say that we we had uh, rich on our podcast. Give us <laughs> give us every discount you got. Can you get your stuff in stock again, please? <laughs> yeah, yeah, they run out of stock very quickly. Of this sort of time of year is where a lot of the CrossFit competitions are on, and they tend to supply most of them. Oh, bloody CrossFit! That's why there's no bands. But you do get X 
competition stuff too like my assault bike is from the the nec the body power comp um okay. it's technically second hand because it's been beasted by a load of crossfitters did it come complimentary as sweat or not complimentary what complimentary oh, sweat. Sweat. <laughs> uh i don't, I don't know to be honest. i didn't really check it, it now is. <laughs> it's, i sweat a lot <laughs> when i train oh god oh whoa before we go way off topic even more, I think we're already we're over like hour and fifteen minutes. I think broken all rules, but it's all good. Um, yeah, so <laughs> there you go. Um, hopefully, you enjoyed that episode. Um, if you can't remember where you can find stuff out about Rich, we'll throw it in the link in the description on Instagram, Facebook. You know where it usually goes. Um, so I just want to say thank you so much uh, for coming on, Rich. It's been an absolute pleasure and very insightful. That's cool. It's been really enjoyable. Nice way to spend my afternoon, actually. <laughs> Thanks very much. Nice. It's the first podcast I've done in quite a long time as well. Well, hopefully... Uh, um, the best one uh yes yeah, so it's been a bit of a <laughs> just drop um, that in there yeah so uh until next time guys hopefully you have a great week and we shall catch you soon cheers rich thank you bye everybody bye <laughs>